as we start here, um, I just want to give a quick update. People are asking kind of what's going on and uh, in general, I think, in the world right now. Uh, but here at Hope Community Church in Columbia Heights, um, just a couple really quick updates uh, as we move forward. We have been sending out um, a survey for a few weeks online. Hopefully you're reading those or able to get those. Those are through My Hope CC. Uh, we just get a weekly email. It has lots of information in it. But one of the things is a, is a survey. We just want to hear um, your thoughts and, and what you consider um, as we move forward, as we look at possibly doing an in-person service um, if we can meet in the school. And so encourage you to fill it out if you haven't. A lot of you have filled it out. Thank you for that. That's been really helpful to better understand uh, who actually desires to meet in person and who doesn't desire to meet in person to continue to meet online. Our plan, our hope is that we could have um, something in person, but also continue to meet uh, here. Um, we're all doing this, uh, I think, as well as we uh, kind of can right now. And so um, we want to keep also doing this online together. Um, we know that there are people who are uh, really desired to meet somehow in person. Um, and even that though that will look different than it has before, but also there's people who would desire just to continue meeting online. And so we're looking at what that looks like. Um, as of right now, just so everyone can have um, expectations, at least today, um, as things are always kind of changing, because of the rising numbers in COVID, we aren't able to meet in the school still yet, um, maybe the next few months, but we know for sure not until after the holidays. And so if that's something that you're looking uh, forward to um, or hoping for, that's something that wouldn't be able to happen um, until COVID numbers come down and and uh, for sure not till after in, into the new year after the holidays. But until then, we still have the opportunity to follow Jesus together. We still have the opportunity to meet here. Uh, we're going to continue to meet here and meet each other through videos, uh, sing together. There'll be other ways to participate in the next months. We're starting a Christmas series in December where we're going to actually look at uh, some of the Christmas hymns together. We have a special Christmas Eve uh, uh, experience that you can experience with family, actually, um, right online. Also, uh, there's uh, we're working on a possible all-church um, outdoor uh, kind of caroling and scripture night um, for all of Hope Community Church um, as well. I want to encourage you to consider and be creative in how you continue to follow Jesus together. It, as you heard, I was encouraged by Rhea and Stephen just reminding me of, of what a blessing my small group has been to me. It, it just even though we've had to meet through Zoom or on a through Marco Polo app or messages or, uh, through text, maybe a little bit together outside. And as we move into the winter, it looks like maybe more offline. That's still a, a blessing. It's still an opportunity to follow Jesus together. We might have to sacrifice some ways we were, uh, our, our preferred ways, but that's a way we still get to meet together. So I want to encourage you in that to still be creative in how you can connect to people in our church, um, how you can still find ways to be encouraged by the gospel, to encourage others, um, to just build relationship to follow Jesus um, together. Um, we, we, we have had some creative ideas come up. Um, there is some people looking to host uh, some caroling nights where you could just, a few families could meet up or households and go to a few neighbors' houses to just spread a little Christmas uh, joy. You can look for those as they come up here on our calendar. 
um, on My Hope CC. Other people have mentioned things like trivia nights or playing games online. That's something we'd love to find ways to invite each other to. Please be creative. Find ways to connect. Let, let me know and we can find ways to connect each other. If you're looking to connect to other people through Hope, you can email me. This week I had two different people email me and say, I want to meet other people at Hope. And so I me- emailed different people together and they have started to talk. They Zoomed already together. How cool is that? It's that easy. I would love to be the person who helps connect uh, connect people. Maybe uh, that's serving together. Maybe that's finding ways to still support school, loving neighbors. Maybe you want to have a shoveling party to shovel some neighbors out. I, uh, whatever that is, I just encourage you to be creative as we move into winter, as COVID numbers go up, as uh, we deal with different anxieties and stresses around holidays that we want to continue to push into each other, move towards each other and follow Jesus together. And um, uh, let, let me know how I can help connect that. Um, we don't need to be too crazy here. We, uh, these don't need to be real wild, exciting events. These just can be ways to connect people. We, we want to encourage people to abide by the Minnesota Department of Health, where now they're asking uh, 10 or less people in only three households. So when you're thinking of these things, think, could I get together with a few households and Carol or hang out? So, just want to encourage you that. We'd love to hear ideas. Um, and uh, even uh, if you're excited to host, maybe that's something on Zoom, but we'd love for that. Let, let me stop and just pray for us, for our church, as we move into this kind of new season, um, or maybe a new version of this season we're already in, in the winter here. Um, and then we're going to get um, after this gospel listening today. Lord, uh, we lift up our church to you. It's yours. And uh, things don't look like we wanted or expected the first year we started a church. They, um, we, we don't get to have um, big potlucks like we thought or picnics or we're not cramming into people's houses for Christmas parties this year. But we know you still work through us and we know you still can build community and you can still use us on your mission. And so I ask that you would help us as you being the most creative ever and always will be, give us ways to connect. Give us, settle our hearts to be content in the ways we do have. Um, and I pray that you would um, uh, encourage us in that and, and move us towards one another. Um, I pray we come out of this clinging to you more and connected to each other even more. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Wonderful. Mike got excited about a shoveling party. Mike wants to have a shoveling party. I believe that might, there might be some conflict of interest there. If Mike calls a lot of us to shovel, it might be for his job. That's all right. Uh, I, I'm really excited for this week. This is a thing that has been impactful for me. Not me necessarily saying, hey, I do this well, but I think it's been really impactful for me in my life. And I'm Thrilled. Um, we are in a series talking about how the gospel changes everything. We've been in this series for a while, and we got a couple more weeks left uh, in it. And we're just looking at different aspects: how the church, how uh, bigger, uh, bigger topics like politics or social media. But and we're going to look even more closer now for a few weeks at just how personally, just in our own lives and our circles, the gospel changes how we look at things. We're going to look at gospel listening today. Um, I remember vividly when you asked me about how well I listened. I remember us, I, th- I think I was in college. It was around that time of life. 
I um I was in a trivia game with some friends. So we were sitting, uh, we were in a home. There was a bunch of us sitting around together, and I love I love trivia. Even if I'm not always good at it, I love just playing it. I love learning those facts. We're in a room. We're about to win the game. Me and my team. We're uh, the person's reading us the final question. Now, it was in a category of sports, and I don't. I'm not. I'm not always a real good at sports trivia, but um, that was what we landed on. And so this was the question I was read. This Cincinnati Reds player was kicked out of baseball for gambling, and I, as fat as fast as I could, screamed, "P Rose!" I was so excited because I knew a sports question. I uh, spent some time as a kid living in Ohio and Pete Rose was, was a, I mean, a legend there um, having played in Cincinnati. I jumped around the room. I was in people's faces. Um, You know, I was, I was doing my happy dance because I had just won the game in your face. I'm smart. Um, I ended up telling this whole story about how I grew up there and I'm not usually a sports trivia guy, but I just won the sports trivia question and and I'm from Ohio and yada, yada, probably, I mean, five minutes, maybe a celebration. I'm yelling. Yeah. In your face. I'm pumped. Right. Very humble of me. Um, And then uh, it got quiet and the person asking the question said, uh, would you like me to read the whole question? Which when you, I mean, maybe some of you knew this was coming. That was not, Pete Rose was not the answer to the question. I was like devastated, right? I thought, what? I did one of these. Uh, I don't know what to do now because obviously I didn't hear the whole question. So the other team got an opportunity to ask the question, he says, the Cincinnati Reds player, this Cincinnati Reds player was kicked out of baseball for gambling. But before Pete Rose was known for his his uh, uh, leaving a baseball, he was known for his signature sliding technique, which was it's head first. I knew that too, but I didn't listen to the question. I was embarrassed. I was like devastated because now we lost the game. I was very quiet. I was now listening very well. Head first was the answer, not Pete Rose. All I had to do was wait three more seconds to finish the question. But I didn't because uh, I'm not always a very good listener. I often want to show that I know something as soon as I get the opportunity. I have maybe better things to do than listen. The person I'm talking to doesn't know (laughs) what they're talking about, so I don't need to listen to them. I want to fix someone's problem, so as soon as I have a solution, I go in to solve that problem and not finish listening. I'm often maybe already thinking of the next funny, important thing that I want to say. My rebuttal is just waiting till they give me a second to jump in. I obviously know where someone's going with something, and so why listen to the rest of it if I know where you're going? I know where you voted and how you voted, so I know exactly what you're going to say. I don't need to listen to this. I'm maybe just tired or hungry. I just need some quiet. I need some me time. I don't need any of listening to you time. And maybe, you know what? You don't ever listen to me, so why should I listen to you?
okay, I, you say this, you sound like a terrible person. <laughs> or maybe you say that you sound a little bit like me. I, although these could all be answers that I could give at some point in my life, these are actually all free, these are all quotes from a survey we recently took just asking a, a bunch of hopesters. We asked some people from Hope to just answer a few questions about listening, mostly what you're thinking about when you're not a good listener and what do you feel like when you are listening. And these are the things that came out of people within our church. And, and I'm thankful that we were honest about it. And today we want to look at how the gospel changes our listening so we don't have to just stay in those places. And hope we like to use this framework of the gospel in community on mission is kind of what we're about. If you say, what is hope about? Well, we're about the gospel, it being in within the context of community and that community being on a mission together. The gospel and community and on mission. And that's the framework I want to use as we think through listening today. Now, this is a way that we can think about a lot of things. This is actually a way that helps me assess um, my my own life in things. I say, okay, how is the gospel impacting me? Am I doing this thing in community? Am I, am I on mission? This is a way I could monthly assess myself. I could sit down for a few minutes and pray, God, how is the gospel impacting me? Am I doing that in community? And am I on a mission? Or am I just with the gospel, with my people and not moving anywhere? And so we're going to start with what that looks like. The gospel and listening. How does the listening impact the gospel? We're going to look at a passage that I think is really um, encouraging to me. Could be discouraging at moments, but really is encouraging because it talks about the good shepherd. And the way it talks about how we interact with Jesus, the good shepherd, has a lot to do with listening. Let's read this. If you want to open Bibles, um, otherwise I'm going to have all the scripture right here on the screen uh, with us. It says, very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees of their religious leaders who have been, um, want people to follow them as their religious leaders. And Jesus has come and kind of said, I kind of said, he said, they need to follow me. Um, they've often set up many rules to follow, and that's how you get into the kingdom of, of heaven. And Jesus is saying, you get in through me. And that's what he's about to say. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow them because they know his voice, but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they'll run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus uses this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling. Therefore, Jesus said again, very truly, I tell you, we'll stop for a minute. He's telling the Pharisees, if you try to get in to my flock, into God's family, by jumping over the fence, jumping over, over the gate, climbing under the gate, maybe throwing each other over, building some kind of ladder system, and it's not going through the gate, which is me. If it's not through me, you're not entering into my family. You're a thief and a robber. So you're giving people all these laws to follow. 
do this and do this and do this and do this and look like this and look like this. And if you don't, you don't get into God's family. Instead of saying, you got to do, just go through Jesus. That's how you get in. Then you're a robber. So he's telling us, and he says his sheep listen to him. They follow him. Can you imagine this? Jesus is our shepherd. We listen to our shepherd and follow him. He cares for us. He's the one who brings us salvation. And then he says this to the Pharisees, and it's interesting. While he's talking about who we should be listening to for salvation, he says the Pharisees still didn't understand him. They maybe were hearing it, but they didn't really listening, right? So then he says, then Jesus says it again. Very truly, I tell you, I'm the gate for the sheep. Okay, if you didn't, I'm going to try to be clear this time. I'm the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out, find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And have come that they, I have come, they may have life and have it to the full. So here's what Jesus sets up. There's a shepherd and then there's thieves and robbers. The shepherd brings life and life to the fullest. And the thieves and robbers come to steal, to kill, and destroy. They come to tear things apart, right? They, darkness comes with them and light comes with Jesus. And so the way of the gospel is listening because we follow the good shepherd instead of other voices. One leads us to life and one leads us to death. I love I love this great old quote. An old, uh, not even that old. <coughs> um, I think he died like 15 years ago in 2005. Um, uh, this is Gerhard Ford. Great name. He is a, a, an old Lutheran theologian, and he writes a lot about the Reformation and about that time when, uh, and about Luther, Martin Luther, and about that time when the church was really, uh, there was a Reformation in the Protestant church was starting, and they were realizing that this idea of having all these laws to follow that get you into God's family isn't, isn't from the Bible, isn't the gospel. But in fact, believing in, in Jesus, right, is. And so here's how he talks about listening. I love this. We are justified freely. Justified is just being made right. That's our salvation. We are, uh, are, are told you are saved. You are rescued. You're justified freely for Christ's sake by faith. Without the exertion of our own strength, gaining of merit or doing of works. It's not the things we're doing that brings us into God's family, his flock, right? It's through faith in Jesus. To the age-old question, what shall I do to be saved? The confessional answer is shocking. What should I do to be saved? Nothing. Just be still. Shut up and listen for once in your life to what God the Almighty, Creator and Redeemer, is saying to His world and to you in death and resurrection of His Son. Listen and believe. I love love reading a text, a guy's writing about complex theological things, where I have to look up words all the time. And then I come to this phrase, what do we have to do to be saved? Nothing, be still, shut up and listen for once in your life to what God, the Almighty Creator and Redeemer is saying to us. Jesus' death and resurrection is saying, there's a gate and you've been given a key to enter in to God's family. 
And what do you have to do? We, we listen to that, to our, to our good shepherd, and we believe that it's true. That's the gospel. We believe this news of Jesus is true. And so listening is so, so important to, to the gospel, right? I don't always listen well. In fact, God's family has not always listened very well. We see this in Genesis 3. The, the reason the fall first happens is because a serpent comes and Adam and Eve decide to listen to the serpent. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other wild animals Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from the tree in the garden? He's saying, what did you really hear God say? When you were listening to God, what did he really say? And then the serpent says something and they listen to him instead of the, the good shepherd, right? So we have a listening problem, which causes us to lead to theft, and destruction, and death. We even hear in Psalm 81 the way God is talking about his people, but my people would not listen to me. Israel would not submit to me, so I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own devices. If my people would only listen to me, if Israel would only follow my ways, how quickly I would subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their foes. If you would listen to me and follow me, you would be saved. So this is not a, a new thing. This is what it looks like to be faithful to God is to listen to him. And the gospel is a listening gospel. So we find ourselves in this deathly position of not listening to God and Jesus comes to rescue us. And now we hear that good news, the gospel, and we say, yes, I believe that's true. And we are saved. Today, you might be sitting saying, what else can I do to feel approved of and accepted and loved and safe and have a purpose? Listen and believe. Jesus has rescued you and given you a purpose and made you safe. Listening is the foundation of the gospel. And this is what we have to start here. <clears throat> but we don't do this alone, right? Because we do this, the gospel, but we do it in community. God has given us one another to do this. He's given us other sheep in his flock. We hear it right in the story of the good shepherd. We hear that God's given us each other and we follow the, the, the flock with the flock. We follow the voice of the one you hear. Jesus talking to us, yelling for us, come on, come on, come with me. I'll show you life. And we get to follow together. And so what does it look like to be in community and good listeners? First, we have to listen to the gospel. And when that impacts us, that changes us. And then how do we become listeners in community? There's lots of passages about how we, we bear with one another and love one another. Um, one of my favorites is from Ephesians 4. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Be patient with each other and humble and gentle. Bear with one another in love. And James gets right to it. He says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. How quick. We, we talked. The first times our church ever met uh, for services, this is one of the things we looked at. What does it look like to be a church that's known for their listening and being slow to speak and slow to become angry. 
what a time right now in our country, in our world, to be those who listen well and not quick to angry. Now, now the quick to become angry, these passages are, aren't just out there by themselves, right? Just floating. They're not just a list of like cool things to, to, to quote on social media. These are um, both come out of the gospel. So in Ephesians, the first three chapters talk about what the gospel is, what that means for us. And then one of the first things we hear out of that is that we should become humble then from that and be patient. We should bear with another. We should move into community. And James the same, if the gospel is true, then our, out of our faith should, we should become people who are quick to listen and slow to speak. If the gospel changes me, then these things become true. I no longer need to prove myself to someone. Think about this in the context of listening. I no longer need to prove myself to anyone I'm, I'm listening to. I don't need to show them that I'm smarter. I don't need to fix people. Jesus fixes people. I don't need to think that I'm better because I'm not. I don't need to think that I don't have time for people. I have all the time for people. I can sit in difficult conversations. I can be uncomfortable because my comfort is found in the gospel. I can hear my weaknesses, my failures. I can say, yeah, I am a sinner because Jesus has saved me. I don't have to just save myself or fake that I'm good enough to get into the pen. Jesus is the gate for me. I can listen knowing that I'm securing Christ. Ultimately, if I'm hurt, I, I have been healed by Jesus. Nothing can hurt or kill or destroy me when I'm with the Good Shepherd. I'm loved. I don't need to make my listening about pulling love out of someone else because I come already loved. I'm free to bear the burdens of others. I'm clothed with Christ, and so I get to share Jesus when I sit with someone and listen to them. When I'm on my phone, I get to be clothed in Christ. I get to bring Jesus to people in how I listen. I listened and believed that changes my heart. And now I get to help other people experiencing listening and experience that gospel. Um, one of the things that's it's been so helpful, a pr very practical thing when we're in community together, in what it looks like to be gospel listeners is a stepping out back and really being active listeners. I, I, uh, I have done this. This has been really impactful in my life. And I have, um, this often comes up, whether I'm counseling someone, we're doing premarital coaching with someone. Um, I did this in youth group for many years. Some of you um, watching, listening, I'm sure have done this with me in premarital or uh, in a youth group setting. I, I recently actually talked about this with a neighbor in my yard as we were just talking about how we could, um, you know, love our wives better. And it's, it's very simple. And I love to give you, this is a, a three-minute course in the Friendship Academy. In youth group, we call this like Friendship Academy, <laughs> how to be a good friend. And are you ready for this? Bring it. Active listening. Do you like that? I just figured this out. Friends, you're going to get some moving titles now. Active listening, friends. Uh, all this is is a, is a simple skill. Actually, a lot of you probably already know this. Some of you do this really well probably already. But I want to encourage you in this. This is an opportunity to bring, truly bring gospel, like action into a moment in community. 
this is all active listening is, right? Uh, step one in active listening, listen to someone other than yourself. Not, not sit and listen to yourself talk. Listen to someone else. Sit down. Listen. Maybe ask a question so they have a, a prompt to talk to you. Just listen. Step two, ready for this? Don't do other stuff. Don't, don't type on your phone. Don't answer texts. Don't answer, check on things on your watch. Don't maybe process in your brain. Maybe you're looking like, you're, yeah, 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 yeah. But you're thinking about something else. Uh, maybe a shopping list. Maybe someone you already talked to. Maybe someone more interesting. Maybe you're planning your rebuttal. Oh, I know exactly where you're going with this. Get ready. I'm going to bring the heat, right? Maybe you're interpreting what they're saying. Okay, I know what they really mean. What if we became active listeners, meaning we actively listened to those around us, just listened to what they said. All I'm focusing on is what the words are coming out of their mouth, what they're actually saying. And, and here's the cool part. You can literally, when, when I train this to someone, a couple meeting for premarital coaching, we actually make them repeat the exact words back, which kind of feels awkward, but powerful. When someone says to you something and you repeat exactly back to them, you know what they feel? They feel heard, exactly heard what they said. Not an interpretation, right? Congratulations. You're active listeners now. If you just completed my active listening course, you're now a level two listener. Um, if you'd like to become a level three, you can Contact me and I'll send you the uh, DVD seminar. No. I, I want to give you an example of how this is. So because I think this is really important. My daughter recently came to me and she started telling me about how math was just so terrible. How she had all this homework and she didn't get it. And she went on and on. And I went, okay. Uh -huh. In my head, though, I wasn't actively. I wasn't going, okay, I want to hear actually what you're saying. And then say back to you what you said to me so that you feel heard, you're known, and then from there we can go on. But at least then we're on the same exact page, right? But here's what I did. She said, math is really hard. My teacher is terrible. They give us all this homework. And I said, oh, okay, so you're feeling lazy. You'd rather watch math videos all day and play math games online than actually learn math? That's what you're telling me. That is not the word she used. She did not say I'm lazy and I want to play math games. As a dad, I just tried to cool dad her and I, I mean, became sarcastic and interpreted it saying, oh, I know what's going on here. She was not encouraged by that. She did not feel known by that. She didn't even not, she didn't want to continue a conversation with me about it. In fact, she walked away, understandably. What, what if I had said, you are frustrated with how much math homework you're getting Math has been really hard. I'm sorry, it's been really hard for you. Even if the conversation then goes to, hey, I'm concerned maybe some of the frustrations, you just don't want to do math. You don't want to do work. Maybe down the road that could get there. But when, what happens when my first response is just to say, you're heard and you're known. I'm here with you, right? What better way to illustrate the gospel? I heard you. You're known. I'm here with you. I'm not going anywhere. What an, an opportunity in community to be good listeners. 
Now, we, that same survey we took, we asked people how they felt when they were listened to. And these probably aren't surprising, but hear these words that people shared. And I assume we all have felt this when we actually feel listened to. This person said, I feel heard no longer alone. I felt loved. Sometimes even having someone listen makes the concern go away or lessen. How true is that? How often share it and it often feels lessened. I feel relaxed, valued, warm. Someone said warm. Understood. I really feel cared for and valuable. People have lots of choices with how to use their time. And the choice, the choices are practically endless. It's nice to know someone chose to listen to me with their time. I feel seen, heard, cared for in a world that is very much, very poor sometimes at these things. It's a small picture of the gospel for me, how God sees, hears, and cares for me. I feel safe and I'm much more apt to be vulnerable when someone listens to me. You had a moment where you say, this person just isn't really sharing with me. And so my response can be like, hey, tell me more about what you actually feel. That doesn't usually work, but if I am a good listener, often I hear more about their real heart. And lastly, after some conversations, I feel like I experience Christ sitting with me as someone who really hears me. Imagine that. The, there's a story that someone shared. This was a big part of them coming to know Jesus because they had a friend who sat for hours and hours with them asking questions and processing life. And the only answers their friend was giving them were gospel answers or pointing to the good shepherd. Lastly, as we talk about being in community, um, I, I think this is really important, not just the people we agree with, but this is an opportunity to actively listen to those who we disagree with. Maybe even as we enter a holiday time, those family members that we're maybe not thrilled to be around because it's hard to listen to them. But the gospel, when we start there, frees us to listen to them. We can interact with people we disagree with. In fact, we should be listening to people we disagree with. We can seek out those to better understand them. Not just say, okay, I know where you're going with this, come on, but really hear their heart and where it's coming from. Ultimately learn about how the gospel is impacting them or not impacting them. Think, think that Jesus stepped out of heaven to move into our lives, enemies of his, to save us. I think I can move into a few minutes of a conversation and just be a good listener and just repeat back, oh, you are scared about this or heard about this. We can get out of our echo chambers, people who just continue to tell us the things we agree with, and we can actually hear people with different experiences that believe different things, that even could maybe feel a little hostile to us and learn what they're actually talking about. Maybe even find connections. Maybe you find that at the root, we both want a similar thing, but in different ways. The gospel allows us to, to listen to others and invite them into the fold. Invite them to find the good shepherd who will save them and ultimately redeem the world. I had a really proud dad moment when I saw this happen. Um, a few years ago, one of our daughters came home from school um, and I was asking how her day had went. And many times the story about her day had the same um, kid in the story who had caused some disruption in the class. And so we had encouraged her to find ways to be kind or 
if nothing else, like just ignore and not like, you know, get angry back at this kid. And, uh, man, it's a moment that, you know, you is, is God working through your kid? I think, um, she came home and she said, dad, did you know that kid at school who acts really tough and mean like the bully kid? I think he's actually sad and scared. It sounds like he's had a really tough life. I asked him today because we were paired up for reading why he was so mad. Can you imagine this? Like two, I can imagine two fifth graders get paired up for reading. And then one of them says like, why are you always mad? And, and thankfully in that moment, he was honest. He told me about how hard his life is. I think he's sad and scared. After that, it changed how she moved towards him or even responded. What if we move towards people in our community and others and had that opportunity really here? What an amazing opportunity. So how well do we listen? Who are you willing to listen to? And who would you be willing to pull a seat up next to this holiday or make a Zoom call to this holiday? So lastly, we get to the last part of this. It's the mission. Listening in itself is missional. We move towards people. We get to care for people. We're staying with people. We're bearing people's burdens, and it moves us to continue our mission, bring the gospel to those around us. I want you to hear, though, how James says it right after he tells us to be listeners. He says something I think that's interesting in this as we think about the gospel in community but also on mission. Do not merely listen to the word or so deceive yourselves. So he's talking about even just the word of God, the gospel, right? Don't just listen to the gospel. But he says, otherwise you deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at it goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. You love that image? You, you wake up in the morning, you look in your mirror, you see your face, you walk to the next room, and you're like, what do I look like? That might even happen to you, right? I've definitely, am I, you know, is that, did I comb my beard? It feels kind of, I got to go back and look again. This is, we look to the gospel, to the good shepherd, and then we turn away and forget even what he's called us and what it looks like to, to pursue him. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. So there's a doing that comes from our listening. And maybe listening, listening to the gospel. Our doing is maybe being great listeners. But I want to encourage us really quickly as we wrap up here what that also can look like. Our good listening, our gospel listening can move us to action. Our gospel listening can move us in mission. Those things are all mixed together, right? The gospel keeps impacting us. We're doing it in community. We're all on a mission. They'll sometimes move in order. This action can be listening well, but it also stirs us to move in other ways. We had an opportunity this week to go to Como Zoo. We found out you can reserve a time there, and then you're kind of by yourself. In fact, when we went, um, we saw maybe two other group, families, uh, households there at the same time. Here's a little picture of us. We um, really didn't see anyone. It was like we owned the zoo. It was incredible. And it was snowing. I've never been at the zoo and it snowed. It's fun to see like cold weather animals in the snow in their 
this is uh, the girls here uh, looking at a tiger in the snow. We were right up close with the giraffes and the polar bear and the zebras. We watched. We just It's like the zoo was open just for us. Here's something I noticed, though. We stood uh, next to all of these exhibits. We stood by giraffes for five minutes and di didn't necessarily even say much. Just were in awe of giraffes, of God's creation. We just were taking it in, taking in these beautiful animals, taking in the roars of the tigers. These moments I noticed because our family was quiet. We're not always very quiet. I look over and we're all just watching the buffalo. Those are buffalo. Look at how furry they are. Look at the snow. And we got to see the reindeer in the snow. It was like... We we're looking for Santa. It was incredible. We just were observing and taking that in. And we were in awe of creation. And that moved us. That happened over and over again as we walked around. And over and over again, uh, our daughter said, man, I want to be a zookeeper. I want to find a way to come back and care for the animals. At one point they said, let's bring Frank, our dog, with so he can meet other animals. <laughs> well, that would not work well, right? He would maybe get eaten. But... There was a movement of like taking in creation and then it caused us to want to do things. And I think this is what happens when we listen to God's word, when we're listening to maybe worship music that moves us, maybe a prayer of a friend. It moves us away from sin and towards Jesus. In the same way that our eyes got to like hear those things, our ears get to hear people, God's creation. We get to observe. What if we sat down with someone and we thought, uh, I'm going to just observe what God's doing in their life and just take it in like we do when we go to the zoo or to the mountains or to a babbling brook. What if we listened like we looked? And maybe that would cause us to follow Jesus more. When we listen to God's word and God's people, it can cause us to follow Jesus to uncomfortable places, to follow Jesus into people's lives, to seek the welfare of our neighbor, to seek the welfare of our families, to be a comfort and care, and to point them to the good shepherd. Listening to others could cause us also to graciously speak truth. That's what Jesus is doing in this passage of the good shepherd. He's talking to the Pharisees and saying, Hey, I've been listening to what you're saying. You're leading people to death, and we want to lead people to life. If we listen well, we know where the good news of the Good Shepherd is needed in their lives. We hear a friend say, I feel alone, and after listening, we can gently assure them that the Good Shepherd hasn't left them and that his family has not left them. We can listen and understand a person's false idols, and we could gently encourage them to find hope in something that will provide true hope and happiness and contentness, and that Jesus is our good shepherd. We may listen to those hurting and be able to care for someone in a way we couldn't have if we just guessed what was going on. We may listen to a hurting brother or sister of color and be able to change how we speak or maybe how we act maybe actually actively engage in racial reconciliation and solidarity in our communities because we heard those stories and we understood. In my life, that was, that's was that been an e enormous blessing to actually stop and listen. And maybe it's hard and hurtful. 
uh, to hear, but to then better understand people so I can move on mission towards caring and helping. I can listen to my neighbor maybe, and then I'd actually be moved to want to see them or talk to them or when I see them walk into their car and say, hey, 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 how are you doing? How is that thing going? To actually commit my time in my week to finding them and checking in with them. I hope we can also listen to people so that we have an opportunity to celebrate with them. What a mission we get to give high fives or elbow bumps or whatever that we're doing, right? And the praise God for good things in their lives. If you listen well, you get to celebrate with people. Man, I want to celebrate more. And I think if I listen to people, I might get the opportunity to celebrate more. We get to listen and move towards things. We get to listen and mourn. We get to listen and encourage, listen and maybe rebuke, listen, maybe just to be silent and be with. We get to listen to high five and listen to celebrate. So we don't just listen to be good friends. We're listening because we have the opportunity to be the gospel to those around us. So my question for us as we finish here, as we're about to take communion and remember who Jesus is, if you want to grab your communion supplies, I want to ask us, what if we were known for our listening? What if we're known for our listening to our good shepherd who leads us to our neighbors? What if we're known for listening to our neighbors and our friends, listening to our gospel and listening in community and listening that causes us to move to mission? Who are we listening to and how is that moving us?